I'm Victoria, and this podcast is all about running, marathon training, and run coaching. It is packed with useful tips to help you grow as a runner. I am a 13-time Boston qualifier and mom of two who started running as an adult. I learned a lot on my journey, and in 2014, I launched an online run coaching business to help other runners. Now, we employ several run coaches and are one of the largest online run coaching companies. We teach you the secrets to reaching your potential in the sport of running. We give real talk discussing personal stories of injuries, setbacks, and PRs. Think of this as a conversation with serial marathoners who share the lessons that we learned along the way. This is the Run for PRs podcast. How to do a tempo run. Tempo runs. This can be a really broad term used to describe a variety of different paces. You may find it confusing when someone titles their run a tempo run on Strava because this pace may vary anywhere from marathon pace down to threshold pace. For many athletes, this range can be a solid 30 to 60 seconds per mile. There are different reasons why we would want to incorporate these different pace ranges into our training, and today we're going to be chatting about the different types of tempo runs, why they're important, and how you can calculate your paces for a tempo run. Um, So the three main categories that we're going to go over today are going to be that marathon pace or a steady state tempo, then there is a threshold run, and then just a broad term tempo run that you might see labeled on social media or Strava, and the differences there and how tempo is actually a really broad term. So Jason, can you break it down a little bit? What is a tempo run? Yeah, I think of a tempo run as just an increase in your pace, right? And so it's going to depend on the structure of the workout. For example, if you're doing like a 30 or 40 minutes straight tempo run, it's going to be a little bit slower, probably closer to marathon pace um, or steady state. And if it's um, broken into segments, let's say you're doing like four by five minute tempo, um, you know, then that's going to be probably closer to threshold. So I think it'll really depend on your experience and your background as a runner and sort of your comfort level and just overall history of of, uh, doing these types of workouts. Yeah, that's a really great summary. And I think it's important to bring up that A tempo run is going to be a hard effort run. So in a lot of our podcasts, we talk about the benefits of easy running. And easy running is going to be done at a pace that's pretty slow in comparison to a lot of your race paces. So our rule of thumb is a minimum of two to three minutes per mile slower than your 5K pace. So if you're someone who is running about an eight minute pace for a 5K race, then your easy pace is going to be at least 10 minutes per mile, if not slower, for all of your easy runs. And doing easy running should actually encompass the majority of your training, unless you are following some sort of training plan like run less, run faster, or you're doing some tri training where you're going to do um, a lot of cross training in your training in the zone two. So you're getting a lot of that aerobic work elsewhere. 
Um, but you're still going to want to, if you're training for any sort of long distance events, you really want to be prioritizing, even if you're training for 5Ks, that is a long distance event. Um, you are going to be wanting to prioritize those easy miles. And what we like to go off of is 80% of your weekly mileage should be easy. So you're going to be spending the bulk of your training in that easy zone. But where the tempos come in is when we're talking about what are you going to be doing the other 20% of the time? So there's this whole segment of 20% of your weekly mileage. What are you going to be doing for your tempo runs? And a really, or what are you going to be doing for your workout days? And a really common question that we get is how do you really structure that 20%? So if you're running 40 miles a week, um, that allows you for eight miles of hard effort work. So that's where you're going to be incorporating some of these faster miles. Um, and then the structure of every single workout is going to have a warm up and a cool down section. And that warm up and cool down is actually going to be counting towards your easy miles and not towards your um, like hard miles. So Jason, how would you structure up a sort of tempo run? So if you're running about 40 miles per week, you have about eight miles within the week to utilize some of these workouts at faster paces. How would you go about utilizing those eight miles so that someone can really reach their potential? Because honestly, eight miles just doesn't really seem like a lot, but how can you really frame things up so that you're getting a lot of benefits out of those eight? Yeah, in this example, if someone's running close to 40 miles a week, you know, chances are they're at a, a pretty high level or they've been consistent for a while to be able to build up to that. And so, um, you know, obviously, too, it'll depend on what races they're training for in terms of distance. Um, if you're running that much, you're probably training for at least a half marathon distance. And so, um, you know, it's safe to say you'd probably do some marathon pace work. So you might have like half of that be like um, like steady state pace. So you might do like a four mile steady state. Um, and the other workout might be um, either like interval cut down or maybe it's like mile repeats at threshold. And so that's kind of where you would, you know, you'd split it probably into two different workouts. Um, sometimes it might be three if you're including like strides or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think it'll really depend on the goals of the athlete, um, and kind of the level they've been at and, and what their training has looked at the past few weeks. Right. So breaking those two runs into two separate workouts per week is where you're getting, um, that eight miles where you're utilizing that. So you talked about doing two separate workouts that are going to total maybe around four miles, um, in duration. Sometimes it can be, you know, even chopped up a little bit different than that. You might do like six miles at um, that steady state marathon pace. And then maybe you're doing a shorter workout where you're going to be working at maybe some of those VO2 max zones. So the amount of volume that you're going to be doing in that day is going to be shorter. So you might only do two miles of work, but, you know, that's going to look something like um, eight by 400 meters, um, a pretty typical workout. And that's going to encompass two miles. But when you're working at those higher like VO2 max zones, you're not going to cover as many miles. And so sometimes there is that like rule of thumb we really want to be thinking about when we're incorporating our workouts. So you don't want to be doing more than your race distance in a workout. Um, that's kind of something that I like to go off of unless you're more of like an, an elite athlete, which we don't really coach a lot of people who are like in that elite um, category. But I would say if you're training for 
let's say you're training for a 5k you don't really want to do more than three miles worth of work at 5k pace within any given workout so let's say you're getting excited you're doing some 400 or 800 meter repeats at 5k pace or a little bit faster we really want to be capping that at three miles total um, where you're training for a marathon you can really get away with doing more miles at marathon pace because by definition you know marathon pace you're going to be covering for 26.2 miles you're really never going to get in trouble with running um too many miles at marathon pace unless you're just in general doing like your entire long run at marathon pace because there's definitely a high risk for injury if you're doing something like that um and also we really want to be um thinking about why we're doing certain workouts right so some the temptation is always there for some people to want to do a lot of miles at marathon pace but talk to me a little bit why there is benefit to not hyper focusing on those long runs and not um getting kind of carried away with how many miles can you do at marathon pace over a long distance yeah you know i know that that's common when we have new runners come to us a lot of times they're doing a lot of their runs maybe in the gray zone or a bulk of their long run is, is trying to be at marathon pace and so um, I think the reason they're doing that is mainly for the mental reason, right? Of, of number one, not knowing um, that there are other ways to train, and number two, knowing that there are better ways to train in terms of, um, you know, conserving energy so that you can have harder workouts like threshold sessions and, and, and whatnot. And so I think it's definitely a process to learn how to slow down. And obviously, we know that the science supports easy running. You know, there's increased capillary um, density in the muscles. And so we want to make sure that you know, about 80% of that mileage is slow, including the majority of your long runs. Now, that's not to say that we shouldn't occasionally be challenged in our long runs, or we shouldn't in incorporate some um, pace work during like the latter half of those long runs. You know, we should definitely be doing that maybe every three to four long runs. It just kind of depends on the level each athlete is at. Yeah, and I think, you know, in all honesty, there are better workouts to be doing than marathon pace work. I think marathon pace work has a time and place, and it's really beneficial when you're in the middle of a marathon training block, you're trying to get your body primed up, ready to dial into marathon pace, right? It can be a really great workout to utilize within a longer run or maybe the day before a long run. And I definitely think there's a time and place for it, but I think there are some more beneficial workouts that you can do in maybe your pre-build to a marathon or if you're training for pretty much any other distance. Um, marathon pace work I think is really good 10 weeks out from a marathon up until marathon race day. But any other time, I think working more in like a threshold pace zone and maybe scaling back um, the volume a little bit. So a marathon pace workout might look something like three by two mile at marathon pace. And that's gonna encompass um, six miles of, of work. And so that's pretty decent volume. Um, if you're doing a threshold workout and you're more of that, that intermediate level, you probably aren't gonna cover more than like three or four miles. Um, it just really depends, right? And so again, threshold is going to be defined as the pace that you can hold in a race for 60 minutes in duration. And so if you're someone who is covering um, it, it might be your 10k pace, right? right. So if you're covering <laughs> six miles in a race in one hour, um, we really want to be careful not to go over, you know, five or six miles of threshold work within a workout. And so that's where I'm getting that three to four mile range from. Um, we just want to be cognizant of like whatever that number is. So if you're someone who's maybe only covering five miles within 
a one hour time frame and that's your threshold pace, we aren't going to do more than maybe two or three miles at threshold because we don't want it to be basically race effort volume within a workout because we want to be able to recover relatively quickly from these workouts to move on to the next workout. But that being said, if you're someone who's maybe a little bit more advanced or you can cover more ground um, within you know, a 60 minute race, let's say you're someone who can cover 10, 11 miles, you might be finding that some of your workouts are gonna call for higher volume when you're working at these threshold zones. So you might be doing upwards of six miles um, in the threshold range. And so it really just depends on the level of athletes and maybe like how much ground you can cover in a given time. Yeah, and I think a very common, like I get a lot of athletes that seem to run right around that 20 miles per week, uh, seems fairly common. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when we think about that, it gives you about four miles to work with. How are you yeah. gonna break that up into, into workouts? And so you may do about three miles worth of like tempo work. So it could be steady state or maybe half marathon pace. And that really only gives you about a mile where you could do some speed. So maybe it's four, four, four or maybe it's fart lake, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're doing like six by 90 seconds or something. And so that's kind of how I'd break up the week so it looks like a lot less volume, but for that athlete, it's appropriate. And that's right. that's kind of what we want to get at, is we want the level to be progressive over time. And so we want to keep athletes healthy. And if you're doing your long runs way too fast, chances are you're not recovering from them, They're taking too much out of your legs, and so you're not able to maybe execute or bounce back for your workouts. Yeah, and so if you're running like 20 miles a week, let's say you have about a seven-mile long run, your other weekday runs might be around like four or five miles. And so you might be taking two of those weekday runs and incorporating some of these pace work um, areas into it. And if you are running 20 miles a week, again, four miles to work with, that's still, um, you can still do quite a bit with that. So one of your days might be doing some speed and maybe a cumulative volume. We're doing about one mile worth of work. So maybe you're doing Mm -hmm. seven or eight by one minute minute fast with, you know, two to three minutes recovery. And that's going to be more of like an anaerobic type of workout. It's not really a tempo run like we're talking about on this podcast, but that's going to leave you room for three miles worth of tempo threshold sort of um, workout that you can incorporate later in the week. So what that might look like is three by a mile with minimal rest. And that's one of the things that's really important with the threshold um, workouts is sometimes they look vastly different depending on like who your coach is or what uh, sort of training plan you're following. But the idea is that you really don't need to have a rest period within a threshold run because we really don't want to be like lowering our heart rate too much. We don't want our bodies to be getting like that full recovery in between. Um, You get more benefit by staying kind of right at that threshold, riding the line for as long as you can. But what we'll often see and what we do um, at Run for PRs is we like to incorporate a short rest period and it's more for like a mental break if for nothing else. So it's gonna look like a 60 to 90 second recovery. There's really not a lot of time in there for the heart rate to really go down or for you to like fully recover and that's on purpose. It's because we want to continue to stay in that zone. And so when I say three by a mile, it's it's very minimal rest and we wanna think we're still running through that. We That we don't physically need to take that break. And so what sort of effort does that look like? That becomes really important. Um, And we always tell our athletes that we like you to run based off of effort and off of pace. But 
if you're running outside, you're doing these workouts outside, it can become really challenging to run off of pace if it's hilly or you have a headwind. Um, all these factors sort of impact what sort of paces you're going to be able to hit for your threshold because threshold is actually a very specific pace. So if you were running mm -hmm. like on a treadmill, <clears throat> in a vacuum, that sort of thing. There's actually a very specific pace range that you want to stay in. But when you're outside in the elements and there's all these factors, it starts to get wider. And so I like to advocate for athletes to learn what that pace feels like. So maybe the first couple of times you do this, you do it on the track or you do it on the treadmill so that you can really hone in to what, what right. that um, pace actually feels like physically. And the best way that you can calculate for yourself, what is my threshold run? So it's really important that we really dial into what that pace is. I like to use the VDOT calculator. There are quite a few online that all pretty much spit out the same paces. Um, the Run Smart Project is one that we like to use by Jack Daniels. So let's say you plug in that you run about eight minute pace for a 5k, it's gonna spit out very specifically that your threshold pace is 825. And you might say, wow, that's very specific. And yes, it is. So there's physiologically some things that go on at about that pace that are going to give you benefits. Um, and then if you go over that pace, you don't really get those same benefits. So it's really important to not go faster than threshold. It's honestly a little bit better to maybe start out a little slower than it is to go faster than. And so you might see a 25 and you might go out on the track and try to really dial into that pace. And then what I would want athletes to really do in their training is to hone in and ask themselves, like, what do I feel like? What does this feel like? And what you're probably going to find is that a threshold effort is going to feel like a seven out of 10, um, maybe getting up into like the eight range towards the end, just depending on how you're feeling. You're going to feel like it's a pace that's sustainable, but it's still definitely challenging. It's not going to feel like an easy run by any means. And it's also not going to feel like um, a pace that you can hold all day. And sometimes when you're even doing a tempo run, you might question and say, wow, there's just like no way that I could hold this for an hour in a race. Mm -hmm. But we also don't want it to be so hard where we're like, I physically can't hold this for another interval. You almost always want to finish an interval of a threshold workout thinking, you know, I could do another or I could continue doing this pace for a little bit longer because if you're totally gassed after a threshold workout, chances are we actually dipped into that anaerobic zone and then we kind of defeated the whole purpose of the workout. So we really want to stay in the threshold zone for as long as we can. So if you ever feel like you're getting really breathless or you really need to take extra rest, chances are we're working a little bit too hard and on a day-to-day -day basis, how you feel during a workout you may have to adjust on the fly that like 825 maybe you're going to be hitting 835 if you didn't sleep good if your legs are tired there's so many factors that can go into it and sometimes it's better to err on the side of caution yeah i mean you said a lot of good things there and for me you know what stands out with threshold specifically for athletes and maybe this is a new concept for um, it's okay to do small doses and like you were saying have really short rest so maybe you break it up into like just two or three minute doses so you're doing like six by three minutes or four by three right. minutes or, or even four by two minutes at threshold right and then you get maybe like a 45 second to 60 second break in there just to make sure 
you know, you, you, you can even like check your split and see how it was, or, you know, maybe afterwards you want to look at the data and stuff. But I always encourage athletes to ease into it, especially their first rep of a threshold session. Cause you don't want to like burn the candle too quickly. Right. Um, and then if it's just like a tempo run, maybe it kind of depends, I guess, on what the purpose is for that tempo. But mm-hmm. for a lot of athletes, I would say for this particular example that you gave the 20, around eight minute pace for 5k, um, just sub 25 range, you know, your, your marathon pace is going to be around nine minutes and your half marathon is going to be around 8:45, Um, and then your threshold's 8:25. So that's sort of how you think about it. The different pace ranges all, all kind of within your tempo zone, but, um, just how you structure a run might be dependent on what race you have ahead, or if you're trying to run maybe more half marathon effort for a specific run. Yeah. And when you mentioned the marathon pace, I think that's a really important thing to bring up, right? So if you're running about an eight minute pace for a 5k and you go to this Jack Daniels calculator, it's going to spit out all these paces and you are going to see that it says marathon pace is nine minute pace. Um, I think some people, when they look at that, are going to be shocked because, <laughs> you know, that's a, that's quick in comparison to your 5K. And so one thing I really want everyone to, to understand when they're looking at this is that's like your potential in the marathon. And that's something that it could take a really long time, lots of training, lots of consistency, high mileage, marathon attempts, like stars aligning. Um, it's not necessarily going to be like the pace that, Hey, if you go out and run your first marathon, let's start at nine minute pace. Like that's not what Mm -hmm. that pace is. Um, marathon pace, when you are looking at the Jack Daniels calculator, it's really more of like a working pace. So what pace are you going to like train at, um, for those aerobic tempo steady state type of runs? Just because you're training with a steady state run at about nine minute pace doesn't mean that when you line up for your marathon this fall or whatever that you have to go out at nine minute pace. Um, I think there are a lot of ways to approach the marathon and even the half marathon. Um, And I do think sometimes, I mean, it really depends on the athlete, right? But I do think sometimes there is um, that whole experience aspect. And sometimes people really don't want to have all that pressure on their shoulders of go out and race 26.2 miles. Sometimes people just want to do it at like a moderate effort or maybe running it a little bit more conservatively. It's definitely um, a more enjoyable experience in my opinion. Um, So there's just different ways that you can pace a marathon. So I really want to just add that caveat here because you might see this marathon pace and think what's going on because that um for a lot of people that come to us who have about an eight minute pace 5k i'd say they're probably more around like a 9 30 10 minute pace maybe even 10 30 pace for a marathon pr um and there's lots of reasons for that right so don't don't read too much into that but i think that pace we like to utilize marathon pace according to vdot as kind of one of the uh, a more slower tempo run right. pace. So it's something you might do um, as a steady state run. It's something you might do in a long run for pacing. But what you're going to see is that marathon pace, that threshold pace, you're gonna see probably a gap of between 60 to 30 seconds there. And that's really gonna be the sweet spot for any sort of tempo run that you're doing. Um, and if you're going to be left to like your own devices with training and you're not necessarily working with us, I just think, you know, working within those two ranges. So if you take marathon pace, put a dash to threshold pace, 
that's going to be a really good sweet spot where you could stay in for a lot of your hard miles for the week and you would see a lot of benefits honestly um that's i mean that's something that i would give advice to people to do is take that marathon pace threshold pace and that's just a nice range and you can really create your own sort of workouts with those paces in mind and maybe even just running off effort loosely but making sure hey 20 percent of the time i'm gonna throw in some of these like tempo run paces and it can really be more of a loose thing running more off of like how you feel or that sort of thing and you'd actually see um, an immense amount of benefits from doing that and i actually think that would be like if someone were to say like what what's your one advice i would probably recommend doing that over trying to do like crazy speed workouts all the time because tempos are actually working on your aerobic system and so if you want to do pretty much any event over over 800 meters in this sport of running you're going to get the most benefit from doing um, something that's building that aerobic system and that is going to be any sort of tempo workout yeah i was going to say the same thing i like how you said more of like a loose workout so Mm -hmm. going off of effort and feel not worrying about the pace. You know, I think back to college and we would have a lot of workouts on the road where we would, coach would tell us to do a tempo, yep. but he would never really give us a pace. And we wouldn't even know what pace we're going um, regardless back then because we didn't have Garmin. But um, what we knew, like, we could pretty much estimate, right, based on feel and comparing to our easy pace and all that. But um, that, I think, was really, really beneficial, even for distance runners training for 5k or mile on the track like that was the longest races that we did and we still would do this type of tempo work and so i think it's even more important if you're trying to run half marathon marathon and um getting getting comfortable with it but not too not getting too wrapped up in the paces for sure yeah and sometimes i think when you look at a training plan it can feel like really rigid and sometimes people don't want to follow a plan year round or they just kind of get bummed out because if you're looking at a training plan like let's say you buy one of these from jack daniels and it's like do five by six minutes at t at threshold pace and you're like oh my gosh it feels almost robotic you know in a way where you're like okay i have to hit 825 pace and it can almost get get in your head that sort of thing so if you're trying to like figure out, hey, how can I maybe utilize some of these principles without being so, you know, tied down to these really, really robotic type workouts, I'd say, hey, start at, you know, marathon pace-ish and then like get down to threshold for 30 minutes. And that would be like a bread and butter sort of workout that you could incorporate even once a week because what you're going to end up doing is improve that aerobic system and also like hitting threshold pace and so you're going to be lowering your threshold and overall i think it's just going to make you faster and stronger all of the good things that we all want as runners um but i would maybe steer away from doing too much at like the interval repetition pace unless you're training for like a 5k or you're really trying to like get some speed in the legs and i think that can be really beneficial for people who maybe have spent a lot of time doing more of like the marathon pace work or they've just really been focusing on super long runs and they feel like they need to to kind of mix things up and get some speed back in the legs before they do maybe another marathon training cycle um, but often I think you know when people throw around the term tempo it can be so broad that lines start to get blurred and so like we said earlier I think it's pretty much anything between marathon pace and threshold pace sometimes I will see on Strava or whatever people are doing 
something they maybe are labeling a tempo run that's actually more of like an interval workout so jason Mm -hmm. i know that you coached track in college and there's like two different types of like threshold workouts there's like isn't there like an aerobic and anaerobic i don't know what is do you think the the fastest um threshold pace that someone could really be working at and still calling it like a tempo run um yeah i think it starts to get dicey there because your threshold you know it's pretty set based on some race performance so it could be a 5k or how fast you run two miles in or whatever so that pace you know for this particular athlete was the 825 um if they're running beyond that then it's just becoming sub threshold so they're probably going to not be able to hold it for as long right and so Mm -hmm. chances are they're gonna start um either slowing down or they're going to just need need to take that break right so if they try to keep running they're eventually going to have a slowdown but um this is where it's more wise to start doing like interval repeats and so you know this particular example of an athlete you know their 1k that threshold their pace just to give you an example is about 514 and then their interval pace for 1k would be 449 so that is a what 25 second difference Mm -hmm. so 25 seconds per mile is quite a bit so really, if they're running in between there, it's sort of like kind of that gray zone. Yeah, they're probably going to be able to do quite a few of them. But I think, you know, if they're trying to run really fast, like for 5K or shorter distance, they're going to get more bang for their buck if they spend the time recovering longer in between the workouts and doing doing them at interval pace, right? Doing them at that 449. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it... And then we, we talk about the threshold. So if you're doing the 514s and you're training for half marathon, that's really what you want to be doing. You want to be doing maybe like six of them or something, seven of them, um, as opposed to running four of them at five minute pace. Like, I just don't see that being as beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that kind of paints a better picture, but yeah, there's, it's sort of like that gray zone in between right. the two, but your to me, your anaerobic threshold is kind of like the top end of your interval zone. So you're running fast, um, one Ks or 800s. Um, at that pace gotcha yeah and that's I mean it's just really interesting because I think sometimes people will see a workout you know like four by a mile and they're like okay I just want to like beat the workout or they try to just run the mile repeats maybe as fast as they comfortably can for mile repeats and it's just important to whenever you see a workout ask yourself like what is the purpose of this workout or if you have a coach ask them if it hasn't been specified so that you really know like what sort of workout this is so if it's a four by one mile and your coach says hey it's actually a threshold workout we don't want to be really going faster than threshold pace unless unless your paces are like way outdated you haven't done a race recently then i recommend hey maybe you should do a time trial instead of just like Mm -hmm. guessing where your fitness is Um, because the idea is that when you're doing these mile repeats or when you're doing threshold work, you probably could and should be able to run faster, but the purpose of the workout is to hold back a little bit because you really want to be working on the threshold zone because once you go over a threshold, you're not really stressing that system anymore. And then you're moving into more of like that, that gray zone anaerobic, um, which has its own benefits in itself. But if the purpose of the workout is threshold, we want to be really making sure we're focused in on that and working in those correct paces um, and I know this is something I see quite a bit is people will you know overshoot and um, that can be great in some situations for some people but for the most part not really and 
that's the other thing is sometimes like this whole anecdotal people will be like well I do that and I improved um, and again just going back to the progressive over or not the, the law of diminishing returns so when you first get into running pretty much doing I don't want to say any work but I mean pretty much any work you're gonna improve and as you get faster as you kind of reach closer to your potential all of the little variables become like more and more important. And so that's why you might see someone who is, you know, like in the 230 range for a marathon running so many miles per week, being really meticulous, like hitting their paces very specifically, doing very, very specific workouts. And that's mainly because they wouldn't be able to improve if they didn't do those things. Whereas I remember back when I first started running, um, starting, it's like I was always kind of making these improvements, even though I didn't really have any sort of rhyme or reason to what I was doing. Some days, like I would push myself, um, other days, I wouldn't. So there was that sort of structure, but it really wasn't as meticulous as maybe what has to be now in order to see improvements. And so you can get relatively fast without really having a lot of structure. And I think that's where. Um, a lot of people will think, oh, you know, my method, it worked really well. And yes, right. it did. But once you get to a certain level, you might like reach this plateau kind of doing those things because it's not um, stressing the right systems or you're just you're reaching that plateau point and to break through just organizing some of these things in a new manner can actually really help reach that next level. But that can also be the challenge, right, is that we're trying to get people to like buy into doing something that maybe they've never done before. Maybe they're like, well, that didn't work in the past. Um, but again, that law of diminishing returns, it's like once you hit that plateau, right. that's... And I should add, you know, talking about that threshold versus interval pace, there is a time and a place to maybe hit some paces within there. Mm -hmm. But it's mainly very specific for those athletes training for like 8K or 10K distance. Um, for a beginner athlete, it's probably smarter to just kind of stay in that threshold zone or to have something be shorter interval reps like maybe 400s at your interval pace so uh, until you get to a level where you've sort of grasped this concept of like really um, polarizing your training and just mm -hmm. dialing in all these different paces it's probably best to try to avoid that but um yeah I, I made me think of how well maybe a 10k athlete might do those mile repeats you know right. like faster than threshold so yes there is a time and place for that but it really is specific to the event that you're training for and your your experience Right. And I mean, there could be benefits to doing those sort of workouts because it's like you're working both systems, maybe, so to speak. Right. Um, there's always a wide variety of different ways to utilize these workouts. Uh, but I think going back to like, what is the purpose of the workout? Right. So typically, if like a coach is assigning a workout that's maybe in between that threshold and interval pace, there is maybe a purpose there. Um, there's a reason. And maybe the coach can explain that to you if you ask. But I think when left to our own devices and we aren't really sure, um, I think, you know, you can never go wrong with doing like a threshold specific workout or an interval specific workout um, because those can really just bring about a lot of, of results, especially if you're someone who, you know, just, just recently reached a plateau. Maybe you've never really utilized any of these principles. But again, I think it's really important to ask ourselves kind of where we're at with our training because if you're someone who has been utilizing a lot of these principles and you're like, yeah, it sounds like everything I've been doing, um, maybe it's it's time to change up a variable, right? So if it's been a really long time and you just feel like maybe you're not making progress or maybe um, you're even kind of going backwards with your progress, um, maybe it's time to change up some of those variables and 
there are a lot of training variables that you can change and it might not be the workouts that need to get changed. It could be, you know, your weekly mileage. Maybe you need to run more, maybe you need to run less. And it's, it's interesting because it's like, well, what's the answer? And it's so unique to each individual. Um, and sometimes it takes a little bit of experimenting and playing around and figuring out, um, maybe like what is the cause of the plateau. And sometimes the plateaus are just a nature of the beast, right? So you might just have to wait longer to see that breakthrough. And I think as you get faster, that becomes more and more common. Yeah. And I feel like we touched fairly well on sort of the fast end of the tempo, tempo type of zones, but the slow end, you know, the, the marathon pace mm-hmm. and the steady state runs, um, you know, if you're kind of new to the concept of doing workouts, the, the marathon pace run or steady, we, we prescribe it as a steady state run, right? So that you don't feel the need to hit that marathon pace for the entire duration. So maybe it is four miles at steady state. Um, so for that athlete, the nine minute pace, you know, their actual steady state is going to be roughly like nine twenty to nine, or maybe even mm-hmm. nine thirty to nine. So we give them that 20 to 30 second sort of grace window so that you can kind of ease into it and then progress. And then maybe by the end of it, yeah, you're hitting nine minute pace by the end. Um, and even starting at 930, that is still 30 seconds per mile faster than what their easy pace range is, mm-hmm. right? 10 to 11. So I think there's still a lot of benefits to, um, you know, not just firing from the gun and picking up the pace yes. all the way to nine minutes. Like you can ease into it because like that's how you would approach a marathon race, right? Is mm-hmm. you would actually probably start a few seconds off your goal marathon pace. And so you want to approach the workouts the same way. Right, the mindset of how you execute pacing in your workouts is actually how you're going to perform it on yes. race day as well. And so some people are like, no, no, I'll like hold back on race day. And it's like, well, if you haven't practiced doing that, um, it's going to be extremely difficult because muscle memory, mental memory, you really want to get in the habit of doing these things during your training so that on race day it's like second nature. And I think what you said of starting slower than your marathon pace and giving yourself more of a range instead of like forcing the pace from the gun. Um, maybe, you know, if you're a professional elite runner, you got a lot of years of experience, like you can definitely get away with maybe forcing it a little bit. But I think for the majority of people who are, you know, competitive, recreational competitive, who have maybe struggled with, um, positive splits in the past, which is probably like every, every runner ever, um, you really want to get in the habit of how can I execute more of a negative split? And this is a great, um, type of tempo run to do in training where you can practice doing that because marathon pace, you do have, it's not like life or death pace, right? It's like a more of a conversational pace. And so it is something you can ease into a little bit better. And chances are, you're probably not going to blow up as bad doing a marathon workout versus if you're doing like an interval or something, other workout, um, because you have like more grace within the pacing zones. So I think these type of workouts are really beneficial for practicing the negative splits. And it's also important to remember that during training, you are going into these marathon pace or these steady state runs, upper end aerobic, um, with a lot of miles, with accumulative fatigue, without Mm -hmm. a carbo load. And so you might feel like during training that this pace feels very hard. And that's totally normal because marathon pace is um, challenging. It's not supposed to be an easy pace. And you're definitely not going into it with fresh legs. Um, with that being said, I think that's even more of a reason to ease into that pace and allow your body some time to kind of get comfortable going into marathon pace and 
um, practicing those negative splits. And it'll help you realize like what effort feels like marathon pace and it'll help a lot with when you're in the middle of the marathon, making those adjustments on the fly. Because if in training you're allowing your body to ease into things, um, to listen to how your body feels. You want to be listening to your body a little bit more than you are tuning into the Garmin, right? So you want to look at your watch maybe a little bit to just make sure you're training in the right zones. But if you're someone who's done a marathon pace workout a few other times, I think it can be fair just to say, let's go off marathon pace. What sort of pace Mm -hmm. can I hold for 20 miles or 26.2 miles? Um, What sort of pace could I hold all day that's still challenging? and tuning more into yourself and how that's going to feel. This pace maybe feels like a six, maybe touching a seven towards the end out of 10. Um, So it's a little bit easier than that threshold pace where I said earlier it was more like a seven or eight. This is going to be like a six or seven. If you're having a really great day where you're just feeling really good, it might actually feel more like a four or five, just depending on Mm -hmm. maybe what your your pain threshold is, right? When I'm doing it, I like to think it's about a six or seven. because it can get it can get challenging towards the end of that marathon pace tempo. The first two miles are probably going to feel like butter, and then um, after that, it, it can get a little bit harder to hold that pace. But that's why I think it's a really good one to practice um, the negative splits and also to practice how you feel. And I think it's a really good way to get an honest look into what sort of marathon shape am I in. So if you're executing marathon pace miles in the middle of a 20 mile long run, let's say you do like a 10 mile warm up, and then you have to do two by three mile or something at marathon pace towards the mm-hmm. end of that run. Um, that's going to be a hard uh, interval in at the end of doing so many miles to kind of um, to hit. And it's going to give you an honest look into how do I feel on tired legs? What is, you know, a good marathon pace for my upcoming race? What do I feel comfortable running? And so instead of forcing exactly what VDOT is saying your marathon pace is. Let's go off of effort. Let's go off what you feel comfortable running for these intervals and what what you want to envision yourself feeling like during your marathon. And that really gives athletes an opportunity to do that during one of these marathon pace long runs. Yep, you said a lot of things I agreed with there. And you know, I think having having that range is really, really crucial because you're in that zone for a lot longer than you are running maybe like threshold or just like speed workouts so a lot of times your your route is just going to incorporate like maybe more hills or more like turns and stuff and so it's not as like fast right and so you have to think about that too um you know if your second mile was maybe a 910 but you're in your fourth mile the steady state was a 926 but the fourth mile had 70 feet of gain or something then actually that's actually pretty good like your effort was probably actually higher during the fourth mile and so those are the little things that we need to think about. And that's why it's so important to have that that range, I think, just because, you know, with weather, especially training all summer in the heat, that can really affect things too, maybe running in, into the wind um, or elevation changes. So, um, yeah, I think the marathon pace work, you got to give yourself more grace in terms of, like, um, the ranges as opposed to maybe if you're, like, trying to hit your threshold, I think, so... Yeah, no, that, that brings up a really good point. And again, marathons aren't happening in a vacuum. And if you're training for a race that has any amount of hills, um, I know when I did the Boston Marathon, when I ran 311 there, I pretty much had exactly spot on even splits. And I would say my fastest mile and my slowest mile had like a 75 second delta. So wow. that is 
all just because of the elevation profile of the race. Um, so I think it was mile 21 and 22. It was basically a heartbreak and then going back down the downside of heartbreak. Um, going up it was like 750 something and then going down it was 640. And the effort was exactly the same, but when you're kind of in that moment, you're not going to be able to like rely on a computer to tell you, okay, what pace you need to be running. You're going to have to be relying on like yourself and like what you practice marathon pace to be and what you know marathon pace to be. Um, so I wasn't really ever looking at my watch. It was just more of like, okay, I know what marathon effort is. You know, it's that six, seven out of, um, out of 10. And obviously at the end of a marathon, it's a little <laughs> bit harder than that. But, um, I knew kind of like where the breathing should be, where the physical effort should be. And then it's like, you don't really have to worry about what your watch is saying. Um, when you're running like a hilly race like that, because they are going to vary a lot from mile to mile. And you don't want to get too much in your head about any given mile. And actually the first couple of miles of that race, um, I also ran a little bit faster than maybe in my mind I thought I was going to, but I didn't look at my watch. I had it on, what is it? The the screen where it says lap pace and I turned auto lap off. So it wasn't beeping mm. at me. And sometimes I think when you're doing some of these workouts, it can actually be really beneficial to like right. turn that off because no one wants to see that a, you started faster than you really intended and or like B, you know, you slowed down right. a couple seconds per mile because there was like a hill and there's just all this expectation versus what's actually happening in the moment. And if you're allowing yourself to just be in the moment, see how you feel, go more off of effort, you're less likely to like get in your head because a lot of running can be mental. And once you start that negative downward spiral of like, oh no, you shouldn't have done that or all these things, it can make something that's not even going to be a problem into a problem <laughs> just because of your thoughts. And so we really want to be cognizant of um, any sort of negativity or thoughts that maybe are going on um, outside of like how you're actually physically feeling. Yeah, I think with these specific workouts, like it's, uh, we get so wrapped up in the pace, right? Mm -hmm. We look at it, we analyze mm -hmm. it, we look at each rep and I think we kind of need to move away from that and think about like just how we felt during the, the workout and how we feel at the end because, and how our mental, how was our mindset during the, the workout? Because um, that really says a lot. Right. That says more, I think, than what the paces were. So it's how you feel, how you recover after the workouts. Like, do you bounce back? Are you super sore? All that. Are you like emotionally drained from it, or are you excited for more? Like, did you feel like you were holding back a little? And so, to me, that's the kind of the direction we need to move in. Um, I always look at splits for athletes just to see how the workouts went, but I'm also kind of looking for how it felt. So I always look: did they rate the workout out of ten on RP? Because I'm curious to know. Um, or do they leave any comments about how they felt? So, um, yeah, just something to think about. I know with Strava and Garmin and all that, it's mm -hmm. hard to really not pay so much attention to the metrics. But I think checking in with yourself, um, assessing the effort, that's really, really important. Definitely. And, yeah, Strava, I mean, it's just if you're struggling with that, just turning the thing on private, like, just you can remove follower i mean do what you need to do um you don't need to like impress anyone you don't need to hit certain splits and especially if you're coming back from time off i, I think i see this a lot with people who maybe were once at a certain level or they're trying to get back there i'm definitely in that camp as well like having had two kids and coming back into training and trying to get in shape again it can be really um really tough to see 
that your fitness is so far off like where it once was or where your peak fitness is and so i think sometimes there's the temptation to force paces or if i go to v dot you know right after having a kid be like well let's look at what the fitness level i think i'm at or the paces that i think i could run but in reality i think just going off of where you're at um, testing that and using the paces that you're currently at is actually going to allow you to improve um, faster and get to where you want to go faster than it would be forcing the paces because if you're forcing paces for fitness levels that you're not currently at you're actually not going to really improve much and it's going to turn into like spinning your wheels and then months are going to go by maybe you get hurt maybe you're not improving and it can be really frustrating um, so i hope that this was helpful i know we touched on a lot of topics um, in addition to you know just how to run a tempo run but there's a lot of really good tidbits of how to incorporate that 20% because we really want to hone in on that um, a lot of people get the easy running right but sometimes it, we don't partner it up with that extra 20% um, we kind of miss out on what our potential could be in the sport and so this podcast is more about that 20% we can do on some of those hard workout days and hopefully you got some ideas for yourself in terms of training and if you're someone who wants something more specific or you want someone else to calculate the paces for you that's something that we love to do and we actually have a lot of coaches here on staff who are experts in this area and we'd love to have you on board for a free seven day trial you can get everything 100 custom to you and chat with a expert coach with unlimited communication again you can fill out the form at www.runforprs.com to get set up with a free seven day trial with no strings attached again that's www.runforprs.com fill out the form there for your free seven day trial working with a coach